Welcome to episode two of Naked on the Couch. I am Bobby Kruger. And I am Maya Kruger. And we are very happy for those of you that listened to our first premiere episode last week. We got some great feedback and we thank you so much for yeah, listening. thanks. Very cool. So quickly, right at the top here, we want to just give you where you can find us because we, what we have realized is that not everybody makes it to the end. <laughs> so what do you mean? If, you, if we don't tell you where to find us now, you maybe won't find us. Okay. Uh, and so you can find Maya. What's your website? My website is mayakrugertherapy.com. Oh, very it's nice. It's very new. Very new. So in terms of podcast stuff, you could find us on Instagram, Naked on the Couch Podcast, all one word. Um, obviously, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere that you find your podcast, you should now be able to find us. I saw us on Spotify before. Um, so find us Naked on the Couch. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review only if it's good. Um couple of last things here find me on twitter at bobby kruger i apologize for all the wrestling tweets we'll get back to that at some other point in time and then lastly if you have any feedback uh for us we'd love we really want to hear about ideas for content are there any shows out there that you are finding interesting and you want us to our, want want us to give our take on um please let us know and uh, i think we 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 i wrote here slip into our dms to give us that feedback when in fact, I believe the correct phrase is... Is slide into the DMs. Yeah, so slide into our... I believe those are direct massages. Great. Okay. Good job. You Thank are, you so much, we are everyone. 500 years old. It's, it's late. All right, so Married at First Sight, Episode 2. We just started getting into the weddings. Um, first thing I learned about the weddings, which is uh, marriages are deposits, They're not withdrawals. Oh, I just heard bank account. Yeah, that was it was a quick little edit there, but I did have to go back and think. I think he just said it's deposits. You get it? It's about what you put in, not what you take out. Are you deep? It was uh, what I like to call a Steven Tyler keychain phrase or a keychain. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a uh, like a a trinket of niceness. Right. That's very basic. Like yeah. happiness is not the destination. It's the way. The light at the end of the tunnel is, is you. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very Steven Tyler. Mm -hmm. So the marriage. Uh, so okay, here's the thing on the marriage episode. So we wanted to kind of um, kind of give these two disclaimers about Married at First Sight when they get into the marriage episode. By the way, it seemingly gets longer every single season. There's like two. Now they happen over two episodes. They really stretch them out. That's a little bit much, I think. It's, it's yeah. It's a little bit much. Um but there's two kind of interesting things that happen uh, as we start to get the couples together onto the show. The first thing is, and we've talked about this before, the marriage episode is usually the high point of hope for the entire season. It is. It is, I think, for couples in general, no? Um, I haven't thought, I didn't think of it that way. I think possibly, yes. Like the brink of this new life together. It's a heightened moment. I guess you're right. It's the start of the first hill in a roller coaster. In theory. A roller coaster? I mean, by the time you get to the marriage part in traditional senses, you already have been together for a while. You have likely been through some ups and downs. Um, these people obviously are meeting for the first time. And so it's like on at least what the producers are showing us, it's like, it's gonna go great oh my god our connection first was so awesome and then you just know like they're gonna have a something's cut. gonna go down they're gonna have an editing towards the end of the show like coming up on this season it's like just a train yeah. wreck of disaster dumpster fire yeah um the other thing that i think we wanted to uh, touch on here at the beginning so marriage uh, is usually the highest point of hope in this season 
The other thing I wanted to touch and I wanted to get your thoughts about this was just the pressure these people are under. And I think as you start to think about the show and break down the show, it's they're getting married. That's a very high stress situation um, at some point during that whole engagement to wedding to after wedding things. Talk about what you think might be the pressure that these people are facing with all of that, with the first time, with the families, and then also in front of the cameras and what that, what that does to somebody. I think the first thing is, and a lot of these couples said this individually, is that they were really looking for someone. And that is so incredibly vulnerable to say, that you're not looking for that person. You're looking for someone. So you're kind of admitting that there's a deficit that you want to fill. And that's hard to do in our society today because we're supposed to be, you know, I'm all full on my own and, I, and, and my partner will be the cherry on top of my life that's already an amazing dessert. So you're saying, no, 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 there's something I want that's out there that's not mine and it's also not within my control because they could reject me. So there's that first thing of, okay, so I'm admitting that I want this and then I need to trust that they, that they took me in correctly, the experts, and that they really have an idea of who I am and what I need and what I'm looking for. And I need to be okay with maybe not being wanted on national TV. There's so much pressure there because it's like a very stressful, there are no dress rehearsals. You're straight into the show and their lights are on you and you can tank. And I just think that as you start to, here's how I think about it. So yes, everything you just said, but I think about it in terms of their behavior. And it's like, you know how you see someone's best behavior probably in the first honeymoon stage of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then the um, <laughs> cats come out. What is it? Snakes come out? I don't know. The box of Pandora opens and uh, slowly but surely you see all of their... But the cats come out. With cats come out? My phrasing Brett tonight and is Olivia's terrible. Cats come out. Yes. Um, but I also think it, it plays to... Is the person you're seeing in this moment on a television show the actual person that you're seeing. And when I, tr cause obviously they're under so much pressure. So like, are the things that they're doing and saying them or is it them as this character under the lights? So I think about that as I watch the show and I try to find moments um, where the camera picks up a look, a, uh, a phrase that they may say that sort of kind of gets to the, the point That's of That's not performative. Are. And we'll get to a few of those that I, I caught through the course of the episode that I actually really liked. And I'll sort of tease it. One's about Brett mm -hmm. and one's about um, Woody. Interesting. And I don't know if they're, they're, if they're both men and that's why I picked it up, given my experience as a guy in weddings. Um, I'm trying to think about that as I talk, if that was a part of that discovery. And I'll get to that in just a, a little bit. But I want to start with Karen and Miles. Karen and Miles. You smile when you say Karen and Miles. What are you, Because what are you they're both very lovely. They're very lovely. And I'm glad that she got over the fact that he was too emotional on his Instagram and was able to walk down that aisle and give this a chance. She seems really conservative. Um, she wanted a kiss on the cheek. He kind of felt that. And she's hinting at her level of comfort with intimacy. Um, he seems really warm and accepting of the fact that she said had a leg up on him because she was able to cyberstalk yes. him. So let's go back to that a little bit from the last episode. We saw when episode one was closing that 
Somebody that uh, Karen knew, by the way, I think Karen these days, and it's just... She doesn't know she's a meme. They didn't know that. They She discovered that before the show aired in between, I'm assuming. That's just got to be brutal for people (laughs) named Karen. She probably wanted to change her name, and they said, too late. Um, You know, I I think about it in terms of... So the the, uh, last episode, we found out, somebody before the wedding messaged her that said, oh, I know you're... You're going to marry or something like that where she got his Instagram page. She went on his Instagram page and she did some good stalking, which I want to get us to in a moment. But um, when we ended that episode last week, we saw Karen was very much overwhelmed, like you said. Right. Um, And as she started to talk about it in episode two tonight, she was overwhelmed. But I think in that moment where she was talking in the camera, you kind of noticed it really wasn't about miles. Um, it was it was really just about like I said we said before the entire thing, um, the other side of that, and I want to ask you about this. Her mom is very cautious, mm-hmm. and I think last week I might have been may have been critical about. She was really critical very quickly about the entire situation of getting married at first sight, and then I'm like, wait, if this was our daughter, 25 ish years from now, I'd probably be the same way, if not. 10 times more like, are you kidding me? What are we, this is a big thing. Because why? I don't know. I think it's just like an instinctual reaction. Like this is your, this is your baby. You have worked so hard to protect and you want to sign off on everything and make sure everything is cool to give the, the, to meet the person before and give them a blessing and all of those tropes. Um, And so I kind of got that. Um, But what I wanted to ask you about was, and I think we got into a little bit last week. How, what I mean, what would that mean for? Uh, and we'll get to this like, a recurring theme I think tonight is sort of that relationship between mother and child when it comes to stepping out onto a ledge. And who's stepping out to the ledge, mom or, or child? I think it's the child. Okay. Do you disagree? I think when a child steps onto the ledge, a huge chunk of mom is on the ledge there too. Yeah. It's really hard to separate those two. I feel I can only speak from being an eight-month-old mom now and saying that I feel like I have organs outside my body living in another being, and I am constantly anxious about that Insane. and wanting to be protective of that. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we, I, I, I'm kind of stumbling as I'm thinking about this moment, but what was it, like a month or two ago? Our, we have a babysitter who's helping us get through this working-from-home period of time where we're kind of just working and, and kind of getting on with life a little bit during this virus. But I remember our, our, our babysitter wanted to take her out for a walk. Oh God, I was terrified. <laughs> so you were terrified. I didn't know it was happening and I'm working and suddenly I see the baby in a stroller going out the door and I'm like, I, who, no one asked me. I'm right. I made an executive call and you don't like that. You ma- I don't mind that you made an executive call. I just got really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I cried because you sent our baby out without asking me into the wild, into of, the Jersey wild City. of Jersey City for 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. And and we, she texted me pictures from from those 12 during minutes. those 12 minutes. Yes. And we couldn't track her with like we, we she has no I tracking tried to device. stick like a GPS into the stroller. I had a tile in my wallet that I used once because uh, I always lose my wallet. I'm like, oh, if I throw it in the stroller, maybe it'll work. <laughs> nope, didn't work at all. And I was like, where is she? She needs to come home right now. So I get your point about stepping onto the ledge that the parent is there with you. I, you know, something I noticed in tonight's episode, 
in Amelia and her mom's dynamic was that her mom really trusted her, her daughter's resilience. Like, doesn't matter what's going to happen. We're going to treat it like it's going to be okay. Like it's going to be great. And I would like to be able to, to have our kid out in the world like that, trusting that they're going to be okay because having their anxiety on top, my anxiety on top of theirs uh, and worrying about how I'm going to feel about how they're going to feel. That's just many, many layers of nervous energy that no one needs. Amen. But I, I do think, and I want to get to, I want to have, I want to have that same conversation later on in the show mm-hmm. when we get to Bennett and his mom, Oof. because there was a lot there that kind of wasn't there. really addressed. And you could just see a, a whole lot of stuff that I think we could certainly chew on. Um, I wanted to kind of stick here with something that Karen and Miles are going through. Or they, she had said that doesn't quite ring with me or I wanted to ask you about. First of all, I just wrote a note. I, we always take notes as we're watching the show. One of the things about Miles that I wrote down was he seems so genuine. Yeah. <laughs> like he seems like a bear. <laughs> like I would want to hug that guy. Um and I also wrote that might have been the most attractive wedding from both sides, all family, all, all the people. All family, involved. everyone, everyone was, was beautiful. Everyone was really attractive, mm-hmm. uh, and I thought that was really funny. What I wanted to, I don't, I don't, I had like a partial thought here, which was, she had said when she was looking at his Instagram that he seemed like a pretty emotional guy, mm-hmm. which is it, uh, for me that seems like a really interesting thing to say because I don't really know what that means. Like, how do you show that you're emotional on Instagram? Like hashtag family first, <laughs> hashtag like tears, smashing chairs. Is he just crying on stories? Is he exactly? So I don't know what that means. But then she started. If you remember from the matchmaking episode, she's very into what she said traditional gender roles. She's into traditional gender roles so, and and security. It's, I'm not sure if those two go together. I don't know if you picked up anything on that. I think that an emotional man can definitely be secure for sure. I think that in her view, because she's into these traditional roles, it may seem like something that could potentially down the road be unstable or she could view it as feminine and thus unattractive. Like she wants a man to be a man. I think he's actually a good combination of being very manly and he seems like he can also emote when, when needed. It's funny. During the show, I wrote down a note here for an emotional guy. He was cool. As the late Stuart Scott would say, the other side of the pillow. <laughs> and that actual phrase was called back later on in the episode. In Amani and Woody's. Was it yeah. Amani Woody's? Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool as the other side of the pillow. But uh, that's true. It's like, Miles was even keeled and like, his speech was like, we've seen how many speeches in 10 seasons, 11 seasons of the show, we've seen speeches and these vows that they do. And it's awkward. You're writing vows for someone you don't know and you're making these proclamations for people you've never met. You don't know anything about them. His seemed really genuine and really authentic. I think he was comfortable being on the ledge that you spoke about because he has this sense of trust and he they call him spiritually grounded. There's something about this man that is able to walk through unknowns with the confidence that he'll be okay. Yeah. One of the things, so after they got married officially, I guess it's officially, we never see them signing the documents, which is kind of, I don't know why I want to see that. Was that like a defining moment for you when we got married? The signing the documents? Kind the, of, yeah. Because really? that, for me, we, we kind of alluded to this, bef- uh, we've talked about this before. It's like, I always felt, we had, so Maya and I had two weddings. We had our official wedding, which was like, we're engaged and you needed better health insurance and this is America. Thank you, So America. it was like, why don't we just get married? We don't actually have a date, a date for like a ceremony kind of thing. 
let's just go to the courthouse. We'll get it done. And so that's what we did. We went to the Bayonne Municipal Courthouse that it was... If like, romance had romance, a destination. Romance from a building built in the 50s and not updated since. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lovely, actually, a, a lovely uh, 20 minutes of our lives before traffic court started. Um, we did go to Krispy Kreme after, if you remember. We shared a Reese's donut and then went to work. Yes. But I guess I always look at that as our wedding. We, like our, our, hey, we're married now. Really? I yes, don't. I to know. me, that was a technicality. <laughs> we were engaged, and then we got married later when all our friends and family were Do you there. remember what I told you? I think it was, we walked out, so we got married, we went to the Krispy Kreme, I think we ate the donut there. We did. And then we, I had to go, we had to go to work. Yeah. And I think I was maybe going to work first. Someone was going to work first, we didn't go together into the subway. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you asked me? I guess, what does this mean? And do you know, remember what I said? No. I, so you go, wait a minute. So what does this mean? I said, well, if something happens to me, you make the decision. Yeah, you, <laughs> you which uh, totally threw me off. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, this is the deal. You're the person. Like I'm the person and you're, you're the, the person. I'm your person and you're, you're mine. And that's kind of the whole gimmick. So. Wait, so when you see these weddings happening on Married at First Sight, you think, wait, you are letting this person make medical decisions for you in the in the chance that you're a vegetable? No, well, I would love to see that moment because I think... We don't want anyone to be a vegetable. Just No, but what I'm saying is that like I think that moment would be really interesting to capture because that's actually... That's like you're signing paperwork. You're signing a contract with the city, in this case, New Orleans or in Bayonne. Like that is the document when if something were to ever happen, that's like your proof, right? Um, and so, no, I would, lo- I pers- personally uh, would love to see that on camera. Anyway. I didn't think about this, about the legal, the legal ramifications of these marriages more than, you know, just being committed to someone emotionally and, and merging your lives together and all the logisticals. Well, stuff of that. if you follow the show, like us nerds, mm-hmm. you will have noticed that most, I would say most of these marriages have not worked out. And every now and then you see like a lawsuit being brought. Somebody wants to get an annulment. Like, I think it was last year, right. Brandon and, t- and, and Taylor. Taylor, I think her name was, was a complete crap show. And, he filed for an annulment. I think Michael also filed for an annulment as well after... Uh, there were a lot of hard show. feelings after these that, these marriages didn't work out. That season 10 was a disaster on yeah. all fronts. And so, I, you know, and I, I think Mindy posted that she didn't even... He won't even sign the divorce paper. So there is a legal entity to this. I just want to see it. Um, so I'll, you want to see them at the altar also signing the documents? Do they sign them? They must sign them after. Do they sign them that day? Do they sign them next week? I, I, this, I'm a process story journalist. I want to know what exactly what goes into this. I want to see them pick the wedding flowers. I want all of it. Really? Yes, I'm a nerd for that stuff. Okay. It's called process stories. That's a little journalism nerd stuff for everyone that doesn't care about it. That any means of that. nothing to me. Something that, that came up during Karen and Miles, um, which made me laugh, and we're, we're talking a lot about them, is the because uh, it kind of leads me to a funny story, or I, want, I hope a funny story that I'm going to put you on the spot for. Um, She did a lot of Google stalking on him. Mm -hmm. Give me your, I guess, most extreme Google stalking that you did on somebody. Uh, Like, what would you do? Because we all went on, you know, we all went on the dating apps. We sure did. And if you're not stalking them, you don't, you're not doing it right. 
No, I'm actually very, very good at reverse Google image and, and all that okay. just from, from the dating apps. So give me a story. Story about, okay. Like, so how far would you go? So I, um, this is a, an interesting one. So I matched with this guy who seemed familiar. He, I'm from Israel and he said he was from Israel, but he had a very Americanized name. And there was something about this guy that I was kind of like, something's not adding up. Your name doesn't add up. I don't really believe your name is. I think it was Stu or something like that. I don't know one Israeli whose name is Stu or why would someone Americanize their name to Stu? And he was just talking, you know, about what he does here in the States and was becoming very cryptic when it, when it, when it came to like me texting him back. Mm -hmm. It's like, I should be texting you first or something like that. And I really don't know what to do in those situations. And then I had this ding, ding, ding moment. And I remember that in Israel, there was this whole movement called, I'm loosely translating now, but it was the art of temptation. And it was these nerdy, nerdy, geeky, incelious men who had these coaches that would teach them how to approach women and not take no for an answer. And he, my friend, was the leader of that. And, and I- found this out to the stocking. I reverse Googled his image. His, his name is not Stuart Stan. And then I said, hey, are you that guy from the... And he said, yes, but I'm not like that anymore. He said, we can never talk again because consent is kind of big. He, so you found out... So you doxed him. I doxed him? <laughs> yeah, do you know what doxing is? No. So doxing is when you find someone's uh, identity out from their... From their like, so you, you meet somebody and you, or you see something online... And you find out who their actual identity is, and then you sort of let people know about it. So you kind of found out who he really was, and we're like, "This is who you are." But I told him that. No, of course. I said, "Like, this is who you are, and this is why I'm I'm not gonna meet with you." That no, that's a good story. I I remember I would just try to go through LinkedIn a lot. <laughs> I go through LinkedIn, but with LinkedIn, it's dangerous, right? Because they can you, see. They can see, so mm-hmm. I would have to like open up an incognito browser. And try to type in the last letter of See, an I made initial. A mista- log- I made a yeah, mistake yeah. about that once. And I was on LinkedIn and I, I saw this guy, I think, <laughs> twice. I was very uncertain about him. But I was on LinkedIn and he came in the suggested people. And I clicked on him because I didn't know he could see it. And he texted me, why are you looking at my LinkedIn? And I wanted to die. <laughs> You're like, just shoot me in the face. I'm sorry, I wasn't doing anything. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was my cat. <laughs> <laughs> One thing, I just want to wrap up Karen and Miles real quick. So... I think when we got into the episode last week, Karen came off as, um, even in the early part of this episode, very nervous, very cautious, cautious. And I, I think we are both kind of unsure, but I got to say, I wrote here, like both these guys, when Karen and miles, when they were on the roof deck, whatever they were and talking, it felt really authentic. And there's always going to be an awkwardness because just the situation, right? I think the fact that they're both even keeled and it seems like patient that they're, they're going to give this a space it needs to, to unravel and, and discover what this relationship is. And I wrote, they seem super comfortable with each other and especially under those lights and that situation. That is not easy. No, no. I can't imagine being in that situation. No. Um, I guess I could imagine being in that situation and... And this leads us to Olivia and Brett. And really, it's about just sort of getting through the night, right? Mm -hmm. And so here's what I thought was funny about Olivia and Brett. 
so Brett, we saw in that matchmaking matchmaking episode and episode one. He stepped one. in it repeatedly. Uh, he was very awkward around. Not, I mean, he didn't shut up for two seconds. He kept speaking. He was very, very like. He energy was hitting was, on all the girls. His energy was coming through the television when he was talking. It wasn't letting, flared nostrils, all, lots of intensity, kind of all over the place, and then sort eggs of for us. And juxtaposed with Olivia, who was really, really cool and down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, it's funny. Anytime I see Olivia, at least before the wedding, and this may still come to fruition, but I'm like, I wrote Olivia is so cool, so down to earth. I'm just worried because it feels like a train is coming her way. Really? I'm, Even I, after yeah. today's episode? So no, I'm a, I'm a little. I have again. This is the high point of hope, <laughs> but I have more hope now than I did um, before the episode. I have more started. hope for them too after today. There was something interesting with with Olivia's mom, who I just noted when they hugged when before the wedding. It was like the most proper pat pat, not really affectionate, not really comfortable loving embrace no but she was saying the right things the mom she was she was she i least from the notes that I had, she was very supportive so, saying i said literally saying the right things but in her it was the almost like the subtext was yeah i forgive you for at. doing this even though this is horribly untraditional and i hate this right her 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 words were saying something her body language is saying her exactly whole being what was saying. saying this is a kind of embarrassing speaking of a little bit embarrassing let's talk about brett's family a little bit yeah it's wow. kind of, I don't know how to say this, but it's kind of like dumb and dumber. But it, I mean, <laughs> I don't mean that in that they're you said dumb. It, you said they came out of like an 80s gangster movie. Yeah. The jokes were kind of like. Here's what I get from that. Mm-hmm. It just feels like people who don't understand how to be humans with each other. And so they very much rely on this constant picking on and sarcasm. And it just, I just wrote here, the dynamic is very brutal. And I felt it was slapsticky, if too much. Too, it was just too much, and I'm like, if he was the youngest and he was getting it like this since he was young, I completely understand where this guy's personality came from. No wonder he's all with his cats <laughs> and fixing things at home and fixing things and being a hoarder, which they oddly enough didn't get into on the first date. I thought it was interesting that he said our house will always be full of love and laughter and crap falling out of all the doors is what <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. He left that part out when yeah. he was giving his vows. Sometimes you'll find 10 cables underneath the bed. Yeah. I'm working on it. Where I relate his family and their dynamic to them, and he, um, one of the brothers said this, I think, when, when Brett was getting ready to, to walk down the aisle, which was something to the effect of, if, it, if we're picking on you, it means we love you. And I'm just <laughs> feeling here like, dude, that is not reading the room. <laughs> like... You're the person who's marrying your brother isn't signing up to get ridiculed for the next 60 days. They're going to have a lot on their plate already. And it just feels like there's going to be a boundary problem there. I saw it completely different. Oh, you did? Yeah. I saw it as I'm going to be awkward around you and make these terrible slapstick jokes because, because that's how I am around people in general. It was kind of a welcome. I'm going to say stupid things to make you know, I like you. Yes, but at the same time, it's going to, I think, I think what that really could also turn into is like, oh, this per- he, that, your brother said this to me. Oh, he doesn't mean anything by it. Yeah, mm. but it was kind of douchey. Like, I feel like that situation, if they're still together, has played itself out probably every time that they get together. But the brothers say things that are not deeply personal and offensive. They make up, they, they make fun of stupid stuff. 
like the, these surface things. They won't say, and it was so funny when um, you were humiliated in class and cried for three weeks and didn't come out of your room. I don't think they would say something like he that. He kind of did during the best man speech. Really? A little bit. And I could totally see him. I could see them a family. And again, I, I don't know these people, but and again, we're just seeing what the producers were showing us. Mm-hmm. But it does feel that like they may not be able to have a real earnest conversation if they have an issue. And they may be the type of people to throw out a barb as a way of telling you there's an issue about something instead of just being, hey, there's an issue about like something. Like a passive aggressive, Yeah, I'm going to say a snarky remark because I can't actually tell you how I feel. Yeah. So we'll see how that kind of plays itself out. You know, the in terms of like that dynamic, I thought Brett was way more likable when he was away from people. I thought Brett was a lot more likable when he was away from people too. I wrote, he seems way more grounded uh, alone or away from people. And I wrote... I said this at the beginning of the recording and I said uh, there was a few moments on the show that I thought um, kind of you could see the real personality there. And I like I think there was a moment and again, this is what the producers are showing us. There was a moment when Brett was sort of reflecting in the hallway by himself before he walked down the aisle. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm actually looking at a person. Um, And that's a good thing. Um, Right. He didn't seem as as intense and and just kind of douchey as he seemed last episode. Where he was trying too hard. Yeah. Everything about him was working really hard to take up space. There was something about him that was more relaxed this time, which is interesting. And I also, he said that she's his type and that she's someone he would hit on. Something about that was not ringing true for me. Not that I can claim what his type is, but the fact that he needed to state that felt a little bit of the working hard realm. Yeah. And so I think one of the notes that I had here was he looked like a deer in headlights a little bit. And I, I think that, again... I'm trying to be forgiving because of the situation because it's a really weird situation. That whole night's got to be a complete mind blow, like I said before. But his vows, you know, weren't that bad. No. And he, I got to, again, tip my hat to uh, I wrote here. He had the killer move of the handkerchief. That was comedic brilliance. I, I got to tell you, in my acting school, mm-hmm. uh, Gary Kingston, I'll give him a shout out for this. He is like the baller acting move is always having a handkerchief in your pocket for that exact moment when you're walking in on a, an acting exercise that's an improvisation and the lady's crying. But how does that fit with COVID now? <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> that's a good, funny. It's just like, she's get, get that thing take, out of my face. Take your bacteria away from I me. just wrote, I thought that was a baller move. I thought it was a baller move. I yeah. thought they both did well at the vows in terms of creating genuine conversation and being able to sit in their discomfort and still communicate with one another and see one another. I like how she said she vowed to push him, which I sort of said he needed last week. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems like a very strong woman. She seems like a very patient woman. Yes. Who can take a lot. And she also looks like she has taken a lot mm-hmm. from people who have not recognized her her greatness. Um, I already, I don't know why I feel protective of her, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of do. I think it's because we saw Brett last week and we're like, oh no, this is this can go really bad really quickly. I loved how they both bonded over the cats and the nerdy stuff. Yes. It felt the right amount of awkwardness, but I think that the one thing that did bother me a little bit was, and again, this could be the situation, I wrote, he, he was pretty speechless and pretty awkward with her, which is very, he came across, compl- completely, came across completely opposite of that last week, but we could just be getting the real him. He's just an awkward doofus who's a hoarder and loves cats i think when he's in these real vulnerable situations 
he's actually very shy and uncomfortable and he didn't put on a show for her, which I actually appreciate. Do you think he's attracted to her? Look, he says he is. Take him at his word. I'm going to take him his word for that. He is someone who is so obsessed with physical fitness mm-hmm. and his own insecurities about his body and having to lift weights three times a day. What is, what is his brother? The one from... But he, she works out seven days a week, she said. Five? Or five or, wait, she enough days out. a week. She works out. She works out. She works out enough days a week. Right. And so they could actually But does she look well enough like that for him because his standards are what he holds himself to? Does he hold others to that standard? Because he looks like he's very hard on himself. And I can understand having brothers like that that would slap you when you do something remotely dumb. Yep. Well, we'll, we'll kind of wait and see what happens on them. But again, high point of hope. That, that is a high point of hope. I actually saw when they were talking about their hobbies, why they were matched. Yeah, no, I, and I completely agree with you. I think we know why these, these people are matched. I think it's just like it can go obviously in many different directions that can either lead to disaster or, you know, staying together. Um, I think Woody and Imani, those were the next people that got married. Actually, the, the third marriage was really the only, these three to this week. Mm-hmm. One of the things that struck me at the very beginning when they were sort of doing that background character stuff that, sh- that I really liked was he doesn't, I wrote, he doesn't want to be like his dad, right? His dad went to jail. Yeah. And their parents split up and, and that was sort of his background. And I feel like that's obviously have to, has to inform a lot of things in his life. And I wrote, he could, I'm just reading and I, I write these sort of stream of consciousness. So I, just bear with me. I wrote, he doesn't want to be like his dad. And I, I could really appreciate, um, that as perhaps one of his motivations to really succeed at marriage. And I, I hope that's that's one of the drivers of loyalty and keeping life on a straight line and the like. But what I also wrote was, and I want your take on this, is w- what I hope is that he's not playing the part of someone who's ready to get married to prove this part of correcting something that happened to him. And I don't know if that's true, but I wanted to get your take on that. Look, he said his fear was that he wouldn't be able to be the man he needed to be for this marriage. Mm-hmm. I think not having a role model or having a role model that role model that was, I mean, all role, role models are flawed, but someone that that went to prison and that there's a lot of complexity there and sounds like trauma. Um, it's hard to know if you can play a different part because if you haven't done the work of uncovering that and seeing what you're afraid of repeating then, I mean, we talked about this last time. We repeat stuff until we garner the gift. I saw when his cousin was delivering that speech and he became very tearful and his cousin was saying, you know, you're an older brother to me and almost talking to him like he was a father figure and he became so emotional there and it looked like just this word father is so meaningful for him to be a man in the world to be a different kind of man in the world to be the right kind of man in the world that he thinks about that a lot he's he's scared of not doing it i mean he's also he seems like a very multifaceted person there's this party side but there's this also side that that carries a lot of of emotional weight for sure and i i think the the first moment they had uh, between them was, was really, really awkward, but it really lovely. They both kind of said, we got each other. Mm-hmm. And I, it kind of reminded me, I have a couple of notes from our wedding. Now, mm-hmm. not the 
courtroom wedding we talked about mm-hmm. but the ceremonial wedding which was eight eight months later mm-hmm. um which was there is that moment and i guess uh, i i guess that was the moment i hadn't experienced until the the ceremonial wedding which was like you do have all these people and you they're only they're all looking at you too right so you have like this tunnel vision where uh it is like I hate saying it like this because you probably hate it, but it is sort of like a stage performance when you're with another actor. Yeah, it just makes it sound like a it, show. Takes, it sucks it out all the show. romance. Yeah, no, but it was romantic. Um, but it does have that like it was a. I just thought it was quite a nice moment when they both said we got each other because that's really the whole thing. Right, getting each other. I did have a funny moment. Or while, having each other. Yes, and it, speaking of having each other on the wedding night, um, not in that sense. What I, I, I had a real funny moment in this episode reminded me of our wedding night um, when Amani was getting her hair extensions in. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember what oh, happened on I our remember. wedding night. For uh, we, Our wedding ended. Uh, our, our hotel was a solid hour. Um, and I don't know if you want to walk people through our sure, amazing let's, romantic let's talk about let's talk about our romantic three wedding pounds night pounds of hair extensions i had fused to my head sewn into who does that sewn into your head i really wanted long like mermaidy hair yeah then so it's i had two in mermaidy the hair and then i was after the wedding i'm sweating like i've i've I'm dripping sweat. So I'm over this. We got married in Israel, which is usually pretty hot, even at night and even in the middle of March. Um, and so we get back to the hotel and I we- just want to get comfortable <laughs> yeah. and and I notice <laughs> that I cannot take out these freaking extensions because she sewed them into my head. So my newly minted husband, who is supposed to be attracted to me and think I'm the most beautiful, effortless, glamorous human in the world. What I had, I had to get my nose hair trimmer scissors mm-hmm. and, and cut your extensions out of your head while you're upset and crying. On the while floor. I'm crying and saying that this is horrible and I'm hot and I'm tired. And we have to get up in four hours because yeah. we got to get to the airport. Yes. And, and return the and extensions. And I had to return the extensions. <laughs> and I delivered it in the mailbox. <laughs> we had to drive all over Tel Aviv to return this hair. He's <laughs> waving it in the air. should have burnt it. Oh, man. Um, I will say a lovely moment uh, with Woody. Um, uh, Woody and Money. By the way, I wish Miles was at the wedding. And I wish Woody was at Miles' wedding. Oh, Remember, yeah. they're friends. We didn't get a chance to see that. I would love to know, by the way, the production schedule. Is I it one a day? That. The two a day. Why, why does it matter? I just I'm curious. Again, I like process, process yeah. stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not heard of the jumping of the broom. I have not either. And that I, I did a quick wiki search, and that was a it seems like an interesting uh, tradition. That it's not that old. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about 200 years old. Uh, but that was very lovely. I was happy to learn something new watching the show tonight. Um, but I will say, and I don't know how you felt about this. There did not seem to be much chemistry there off the bat. I think that Woody has this charming playboy-esque vibe to him that he can flirt down lots of women. Um, what do you mean by flirting down? Like he can, he can disarm a very guarded woman by being his charming self. Okay. Does that sound bad? No, I'm just, I had not heard that phrase before. But I, I think I may have said. made it up because it's not my first language. But I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... She looks like she's been through some stuff. Her friends talk about being through some stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting that her stepdad walked her down the aisle, but her biological dad was there too. There seems to be an interesting family dynamic. Yeah, I couldn't quite put it together. 
but looked like everyone was getting along. So yeah. who cares? Um, they looked like they had an understanding of one another. Like they were almost familiar to one another. I didn't see sparks flying on her end, but no. I saw a willingness to try. And he looked like he was resorting to that kind of default setting of uh, charm you and flirt with you and tell you how beautiful you are and something very smooth about him when he gets into that place. Yeah, I, I don't know what to make of them, I guess is what I'll say. I think that there is a lot of potential in this couple. I agree. High point of hope. High point of hope and, and potential healing. And let's leave it at that. Okay. I think that's a good place to end on, on, on Woody and Amani because that brings us to our fourth couple who we didn't think we were going to see tonight, uh, right. but we ended up seeing them at the very end. And the bird nest she had on and her head with a fake head. bird on her head. So, of course, we're talking about Amelia and Bennett. Um, so I have to say, I was very happy one night we saw them because I didn't think they were going to get to that. I know. Um, let's talk a little bit about what happened with them. So he gifted her a pebble. With a, with a handwritten with note. With a handwritten note that looked like it was from a, a sixth grader. And she said he but picks... But it was very sweet. He picks good pebbles. He picks good pebbles. And I loved his, ra- his rationale that they're going to be walking through life and they're going to be picking up different pebbles and enjoying them. I'm like... Totally. It's representing, representing the moments. I thought that was a, a great start of a, we share a weird. Yeah. Or we share a connection to earth. Um, we are both hippies. And I, I imagine it being somebody else that wasn't Amelia. And <laughs> I think about like past characters on this show. If they got a pebble? If they got a pebble. Like, I don't know. He put it on a necklace. There's something. I mean, I personally find that very yeah. Endearing. But you're closer to Amelia than, let's say, um, I'm thinking like one of the couple of the characters from last few years, like a, like Elizabeth from a couple three seasons back. Yeah, she wouldn't like. She a pebble. wouldn't like the pebble. Um, there was the therapist on last year's show. I don't think she would have liked the pebble either. That she was with that guy Derek. Um, she was oh right yeah right I don't think, I don't she, think she would have liked, liked the, the pebble. pebble either so the fact that she got it and completely appreciated it mm-hmm. I was like ah there we go high point of hope and she said do you hear uh, and of course she said this really sweet thing which was he picked this pebble out of which something like he picked a pebble and it was a hand that was attached to an arm that was attached to a person I'm like oh that's like the most mindfulness thing I've heard in, yeah. a, in a week you know I have a concern about her yeah, go ahead. She's always smiling. That it's this kind fake? of no, I don't think she's fake. Okay, I think that that I is, didn't say she was fake. I, I think it's a defense. Yes, that this really rambunctious, wild woman, happy, um, life is full of surprises kind of vibe is actually very surface because it's really easy to be excited about strangers. And her mom said Amelia loves strangers. By the way, that relationship is amazing between Amelia and her mom. It looks amazing again from what the producers have shown From what the so producers far. are showing me, I am about that relationship. I am as well. That kind of brings us to Bennett and his mom's relationship. Yeah, and that seemed really interesting. And um, I want to talk about it in, in this term. Um, so let's just say that I, I got a lot of it. So Bennett's mom said that he has a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like, okay, interesting. She's sort of being really 
in my opinion, maybe too honest about her own son on national television, kind of opening him up. He, I feel like that's more on him to do. That's just my take. Mm-hmm. But what I got from her was a ton of anxiety. There was a ton of yeah, anxiety. Yeah, like craziness. And uh, Here's how I want to put it into terms, because I don't want to get so much into her because it's just not worth it. But I did want to get into um, the energy around it. And I think a lot about this. Sorry, sorry, uh, it's something I think about with our daughter is how am I going to show up energetically around her mm-hmm. um, so that I don't, I don't, if I have this high level of anxiety as a human, I don't infect th- her, throw that all on her or whatever. I don't want to say the word infect, but how do I energetically keep that from them? And is that something that's real? Is it something that's uh, something you should be mindful of as a parent? Yeah, you, you have to. And just in general, as a human, you should take responsibility for the energy that you, that you bring with you into a space. Just notice that when, when Bennett's mom came into the room, he shriveled into a teeny tiny little silent man. He did, yeah. She took up all the space. It was about her nerves. She wa- wanted to fix his socks. There was something about him that that looked like he was trying to protect himself, but also that he's used to this. Like, this is a very well-rehearsed, if we're talking in their language. They probably very, wrote a play they, about it. She probably it. wrote a play about this. Yeah. She also quoted um, Godot, that uh, there's nowhere to go, that <laughs> yeah. sentence. Um, she strikes me as someone who doesn't read the room great. Lee? Which is funny because... She's an actress? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> right. She seems very expressive and that she has a lot going on internally and that it's maybe uncomfortable to share the spotlight or there's not so much room to share the spotlight. Again, this is what the producers are showing us. Yeah. And it could be that she is the most spacious mother out there. And I just want to reiterate why we say that the producers show us is because there are writers on this show Mm -hmm. and they are telling a story. And so, yes, whatever happened and what they're showing us did happen, right? They, they said those words, they it's gave through those a looks, different light, but it's through the producer's lens. right? And also there are songs that come with it. <laughs> the the real, songs on the show, the songs of the show. At some point we need to do an entire episode on the terribleness of how, if you ever listen to the lyrics and we watch most of our television now, with captions on, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because if you think about growing up, I don't think any of us watch shows with captions. See, I did because did I you? lived in Israel. Ah, right. Yeah. Um, but for for me here, I never watched a show with captions, maybe until about, maybe until we met. Really? Yeah. Uh, and so we will read the captions to these lyrics. And I got to tell you, if you're not watching the show w- with the captions on, you're really missing the entire undertone of all these lyrics that are happening. They're really guiding you into <laughs> the mood. This is exciting or there is no nuance to any of this music. No, very on the nose. And I always and I think when we watch Love is Blind, I think it's the same production company. I think they reuse some of the music. Yeah. So I remember when we were watching Love is Blind. They just not want to play royalties? Uh, I think no, somebody had to write those those songs. I just don't think that they're, you know, written by the the most of you know, the top of the the pay scale of royalties. <laughs> At ASCAP, so I think like they can make whatever they make on this probably for the least money they can pay them. Um, so those are the couples that we saw this week. The last thing that we saw before they went off the air was Bennett uh, and Amelia were about to get married. Amelia said, turns to her mom and says, I know him. Um, and they had they have a history. We have no idea what it is. 
I haven't read any spoilers. What do you online. think? Oh no, I don't. I don't want to think the worst, but I'm. I'm hoping that it wasn't high like, point of hope. High point of hope. They. So here's the thing, right? It's a New Orleans is not a big town. I think there's only like four or five hundred thousand people in it, which is tiny. And so think about out of those many people, how many people are in that age bracket who live in a certain area where the cool kids live, like they do. It's not that many people. So they they have met. They have went on a date. And it did not go well. That's my that's my sense too. Because yeah. he saw her and he lit up as in cool. And she saw him Oof. and she went like kind of like wide smile but dead in the eyes for a moment of great crap. So it looks like they went on a date and he was enthusiastic about her and she did not share that sentiment. No, she did not share that sentiment. Or, or. Or that's what the producers showed us. That's for sure. But maybe he dated someone she knows, a friend or something. Like and he's screwed familiar. them over? He are you getting a negative vibe or are you getting like, oh, I know him. And they edited it in a way where it was like, dum, dum, dum. But it really was like, I know him. This is great. I'm getting a vibe of, I know him. Eee. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> and I guess that's to, uh, to be continued. Any final thoughts uh, on this week's? episode of uh the start of the weddings just it's a really hard place that they're in i just want to say that's a really vulnerable place getting married is scary getting married to a train to a stranger is scary having everyone watch you is scary there's a lot that these people are dealing with and i was just thinking you know how complex it is to deal with your own family at a wedding right when you get to the wedding, you're already at a place where you have probably fought with everyone. Everyone's annoyed yes, you did. with something specific that they can do, only they can do. You've annoyed everyone. And you know it's coming before they do it. Oh, you know it. And you've talked to your therapist about it for months. You've prepared for this moment. Alas, in the actual time of truth, <laughs> you have zero coping skills that are beneficial. And I just think about how stressed I was in those moments. Mm -hmm. It's so overwhelming. And then you have to deal with someone else's family. You don't even know them. You don't know what they're bringing with them. At least when you're when you're marrying someone, you know you know this is this is the baggage I'm bringing, and let's see if, if our baggage can match. You've already assessed that throughout the time of dating and being engaged. Here it's kind of like no, our our crap has to match. There has to be enough room in the apartment for our crap because this is what I bring. And sometimes you also bring a lot of stuff that you wanted to fix and didn't get around to, like Brett. Well, we will find out next week. I think it's a good place to kind of cap this episode. This has been the second episode of Naked on the Couch podcast. Please find us on all the favorite places where you would find podcasts, whether it be Apple or Google or Stitcher or wherever you can find them, like Spotify. So please subscribe, rate, review. I am at Bobby Kruger on Twitter. She is MayaKrugerTherapy.com. We are at Naked on the Couch podcast on Instagram. Anything else left you want to say? Take good care of yourselves. And slide into our DMs with Do feedback. Do not slip. Slide. Slide into the DMs with feedback. And we will see you next week on Naked on the Couch.